Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. Uh, This morning, we're going to jump right back into a series that we kicked off last week. We're taking about seven weeks, and we're going to process through some statements that Jesus made. When oftentimes he would say this, I am, fill in the blank, I am the light of the world, I am the true vine, I am the bread of life, I'm the good shepherd, I am the resurrection of life, the door, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does this really mean to us today? What does this, how does this apply to our lives? Because I believe that every portion of God's word is applicable to today. Let me say that again. Let that sink in. I believe that every portion, every word in the Bible is applicable to our lives today. Now, it's very easy to kind of pick and choose and say, well, I want this portion, but I I really don't want this, but I I want this, and I can can do without that, and, and I'll use this portion, but this really doesn't. No, 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 no. Every word in this book is applicable to our lives today. So we're going to find out over the course of a seven-week process of how does this idea of I am, fill in the blank, that Jesus stated, how does that apply to us today? We've titled this series, Unshakable. And we've titled that because there are many things in our lives that are falling apart. Maybe you have a a relationship that is struggling. Maybe you have a a marital relationship that's struggling. Maybe your finances are struggling. Maybe your friendships are struggling. Maybe your job is struggling. Maybe your walk with God is struggling. And it seems like everything around you is is falling apart. The walls are, are crumbling all around you. But what I want you to understand is the definition of the word unshakable is this. Not possible to weaken or get rid of. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to apply Jesus into this situation because Jesus is the unshakable force that every one of us needs. In those moments, in those times, when it seems like and it appears as if everything around you is falling apart, what I want you to do is refer back to the I am's of Jesus. Allow him to be your bread of life. Allow him to be your light in a dark world. Allow him to be the way, the truth, and the life in your life. Allow him to be all that he needs to be for you. Why? Because he is an unshakable, unable to get rid of, not possible to even weaken force in our lives. Sorry, I was waiting for an amen. That's okay. Jesus wants to be you're everything. And we look at society today, and it appears to me that, that everywhere we turn, society is looking and grasping for something to hold on to. Has anyone else ever noticed this? Sometimes it's, I'm grasping for assurance, I'm grasping for somebody to be on my side I'm grasping for somebody to like me. I'm trying really hard to succeed. I'm trying to to fit in. But every time we reach out and we grab a hold of something, it seems to, to crumble or fall apart in our hands. 
And Jesus says to us, I want to be a foundation that you can build upon. I want to be that, that rock-solid ground that all of the rest of your life is built upon. So let me ask you this question. Is your foundation unshakable? Is that which you are trusting in today unable to be weakened? If not, let me encourage you today to change what you're building on. Change that which you are depending upon for substance in life. Now, last week, we looked at the fact that Jesus made a statement in John chapter 6, verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. I want to encourage you, go back and listen to last week's message. But this morning, I want to move into the second moment when Jesus made one of these I am statements. It's found in, in John chapter 8, verse 12, and he simply says that he's the light of the world. What does that look like for us today? I want to read the scripture. I want you to look very carefully. There are a few words that, that we're going to break apart a little bit this morning, but see if you can figure out which ones those are today. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says this, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let me read it again. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So here's my question. Why do we keep walking around in darkness? Look at your life right now. Think about your week. Think about what you went through why is it that we keep returning to the darkness? Trying to find some reason or another to justify why we are hanging out in the dark. Jesus makes it very clear. He wants to be. He offers himself. He lays it out for us. He says, I want to be your light. And anyone, an all-inclusive word, anyone who will follow after me, will have the lights. I want you to grasp a hold of that. God desires that all would come to a place of repentance. God desires that every one of us come to that moment in our life when we realize that I'm tired of walking around in the dark. I'm tired of stubbing my toe all the time. Yeah? Yeah? I'm tired of tripping over the obstacles in front of me. God, I give my life to you. Jesus is not saying here that, that he's holding a light. He's not looking at us saying, you know what? Um, I'm the way to the light or that I even have a light. Jesus is very boldly making a statement. He says, I am the light. Now, it's important here that we grasp a hold of some ideas and some properties of lights. First thing I realized this is this, light reveals. If I was to turn out the lights in the house and we were to cover the windows and block all the doors and we would be in, in total darkness, it would be hard to see what was in front of us. In fact, I would be a little nervous to walk around the stage. 
because you would soon find myself falling off the edge, and then we'd have a healing service, and that would change everywhere we're going this morning. Light reveals to us the things that once were unable to be seen. In your life, light will reveal to you the changes and the transformation and the things that you need to give back to God. How many of you know we all have those things that we need to give to Him? And the more that we press into God, the more of His light shines upon our life, the more those things surface and we realize, wow, God, that really doesn't belong inside of me, does it? Lord, I give it to you. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, but when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes what? Visible. When anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. The other night I was laying in bed and I, and I reached over to the nightstand beside my bed and, and I hit something and it knocked over something else and knocked my glasses into the floor between the nightstand and the bed. And how many of you know the worst thing you can ever lose while in the dark is your glasses? Because you're like this. So for a few moments, I'm doing this motion, trying to, I'm sure that like looked really crazy on the camera. They're like, what is wrong with him? I'm trying to find my glass. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And then it dawns on me, if I turn on some lights, it'll be easier to see. So I grabbed the flashlight that I keep beside the bed, and I shined that light, and I was like, oh, there they are. And I grabbed my glasses. I was good to go. Some of us need some things to be revealed in our lives. But here's something interesting I found. Many times, the reason that people won't come to church or maybe we avoid church, and I'm talking to all of us here. Maybe it's because we're afraid that if we go to the light, those things that are in our lives will be revealed. So as long as I stay in the darkness, as long as I hide in the shadows, as long as I'm not even anywhere near the lights, that junk in my life won't be exposed, and I don't have to deal with it. So we, we hold on to that, and we, we store it, and we, we push it back to the back. But guess what? Eventually, it comes out, and it causes issues. Jesus says, I want to be the revealing force in your life. I want to reach in the midst of your junk, and I want to help you. I want to reveal those things. I want to process through that. I want to help you to change and become what God calls you to be. You see, lights reveals. The second thing I see is this, light gives life. Have you ever thought about that? The sun is so important. We need light in our lives. It's necessary for our life. It sets our biological clocks. It, it triggers in our brains to grasp the, the sensation of color. It supplies the energy that we need to grow. Have you ever heard of a term called seasonal affective disorder? Seasonal affective disorder. It's a lack of light causing issues in your life. Winter, oftentimes, is a difficult time for many people. I'm told that 1% of Floridians experience sad, seasonal affective disorder. While 10% of Alaskans experience this issue. 
But the Bible tells me in John 1, 4, it says, The Word, or Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. His life brought light to everyone. So, so Jesus, by his very existence, Jesus, by bringing light into our lives, is breathing life at the same time. Come on, grab a hold of this. Jesus came that you may have life. Jesus came to, to speak into the midst of your darkness. See, many people experience seasonal affective disorder, but I believe every one of us experience sin affective disorder. Every one of us are haunted by sin. Every one of us are tempted to sin. But Jesus came to break that bond, to give life where destruction once was. Jesus came to conquer death, hell, and the grave for you. You see, Satan wants nothing more than to destroy you. The first portion of that scripture in John 10.10 says, The thief, or Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan has come to affect you spiritually. Satan has come to do everything he can to keep you in the darkness of life. Satan has come to do everything he can to hide you away, to shield you away from the life-giving force of the light of Jesus Christ. But Jesus says, my purpose, the reason I have come, is to give you life and life more abundantly. The third thing I see is this, light scatters darkness. Now, I don't know about you, but this excites me. The moment that Jesus steps on the scene, darkness begins to move away. The moment Jesus steps on the scene, struggles begin to fade. The moment Jesus steps on the scene, sickness has to flee. The moment Jesus, come on somebody, the moment Jesus steps into the midst of your situation, life begins to grow and well up inside of us. Why? Because he is the light of our life. He is our life-giving force. He's the foundation that's unshakable for you and for me. John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never, say never, the darkness can never extinguish it. Listen, folks. I believe that oftentimes we give Satan way too much credit. Oh, well, Satan made me do that. Well, sometimes the reason we did that is we made a dumb choice. Let's just be honest. But you begin to apply the word of God. You begin to, to allow the very presence of God. You begin to let that light so shine within you. Then there is no way, there's no way the darkness can overwhelm you. If you don't believe that, go in your house tonight, midnight. Your house is pitch black. Take a moment, turn on every light in the house. And tell me if you find darkness. You're not going to see it, are you? Why? Because light, light dispels or scatters darkness. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. This world that we live in is consumed 
with darkness. One struggle after another. One tragedy issue, one tragic issue or occurrence after another. A lack of peace is running rampant. Wrong is somehow turned into right. And, and right has been twisted and now appears to be wrong. Darkness has set in. But the good news is this. Jesus has come to be the light of the world. And those of us that have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we're going to get to this in just a little bit. It's our responsibility to so let that light shine in the darkness so the darkness is now scattered. Just think what would happen. Oh, come on, think with me. If every Bible-believing Christian if every person that professes Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, just think what would happen. Is in the moment that they step into society, they turn on that spiritual light switch. And they say this, Lord, let your light so shine within me that darkness cannot even overtake this world. Jesus has come to be our light. We discover the light reveals, light gives life, life, light scatters the darkness. And number four, light gives warmth. I'm told that, that even the smallest of candles, when properly reflected, and I'm not really sure how to do that, I'm sure you could YouTube it, um, it can raise the temperature of an igloo that was once below freezing, it can raise it to 45 degrees, a small candle. Why? Because light gives warmth. We've got a light in our kitchen that's got all those little chandelier bulbs in it. It's not actually a chandelier, but it's got all those little bulbs. Let me just tell you, you turn that light on and you hang out in the kitchen a while, it's going to get a wee bit warm. Why? Because the light brings warmth. Ecclesiastes eleven seven: light is sweet, how pleasant to see, and new day dawning you ever been out on a, a brisk fall morning and you're like it's a, it's a wee bit chilly out here so rather than hanging out in the shade you step into the light just for a moment it's amazing how just that two foot difference that, that slight change in your proximity that slight change in your perception and you slightly move over here into the light suddenly there's a brand new warmth that becomes begins to well in you why because the light brings warmth jesus wants to be the light in your life the next thing i see is this light gives guidance we talked about this a few moments ago. It's very difficult to walk around in the dark. You don't believe that. Try it late tonight and hope that your wife didn't rearrange the furniture. Walk around a little bit in the dark and see how well you do. It's very difficult to me uh, meander and, uh, and move through the house in the dark. But Jesus made it very clear. He came to be the light that shines in a dark world. He wasn't talking about a, a physical darkness. He wasn't saying, well, I came so that late at night you wouldn't need to run the electricity. I would just stand out there and, and I would be the light. But he was talking about your spiritual life, spiritual and personal darkness. He says, I want to come into the midst of the darkness of your life. I want to 
to come into the midst of the hurts and the the struggles and the hang-ups of your life. And I want to present myself as a light that warms you and that guides you through life. So what do we do with this life? We understand the, the properties of light. We understand what light does. But what do we do with light? There's a few options. The first thing, and in your notes it gives you a space here to fill in. The first thing you could do is this. Don't recognize the light. Don't even recognize that it's there. John chapter 1 verse 10 said this. He, or Jesus, came into the very world he created. So Jesus, the creator, the one that was involved in creation, by the way, did you know that all of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three were involved in creation? God said, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus, the Bible says, in him all things were created. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the earth. All of God, all that he is, was there in creation. So Jesus comes into, he steps into the world that he created. But the world didn't recognize him. Let me ask a question. How is it possible to not recognize light? You're in a dark room and and suddenly someone flips the light switch on. How is it? that you still don't receive, don't perceive, don't grasp or wrap yourself around the fact that the lights are on. Could it be, perhaps, that you're spiritually blind? Could it be, perhaps, that you have an inability to see or even perceive that light is shining? Jesus came to the very world he created, yet the world did not recognize him. Could it be that spiritually you have an inability? You haven't connected to the power source. You haven't allowed Jesus to step in and open your blinded eyes. If you look back at our text, it says Jesus came He's the light of the world, and whoever follows him. He's looking at you, the one that's spiritually blind, the one that has an inability to see or even perceive the light. He's saying to you this morning, today is your day for your eyes to be open. Today is your day to receive the light. The second thing I see is this. Not only do you not recognize it, but they don't receive the lights. Verse 11, he or Jesus came into the world and his own did not receive him. It says he came to his own. He came to those that that were part of his life, yet they did not recognize him. They did not receive the light. Now understand there's a difference between recognizing and receiving. If you don't see it, you're not held to the same accountability. Okay, grab a hold of that. If you don't see the lights, you're not held to the same accountability. But when I willfully choose to not receive the light, there's got to be some action on on my part. 
This morning I've got these spotlights shining in my face and, and I could choose this morning not to receive them. You know what that would look like. I'm going to willfully turn away. I'm going to willfully block out the perception that lights are there. I'm going to willfully choose to ignore the fact that there are lights on in the room. It's a very dangerous place to be. Yet how often do we do that? We, we sense the, the urgency or the the pressing in of the Holy Spirit on our lives. You know you don't need to be doing that. You know you don't need to be going there. You know that you should do this. Yet for some reason or another, we block out the fact that the light is trying to shine in our lives. And we fail to receive the light. The next thing I see is this. You can choose not to recognize it. You can choose not to receive it. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Simply trust the light. Jesus said, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. Jesus has come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all, that all-inclusive word again, no one left out, all who put their trust in me or Jesus will no longer remain in the dark. It doesn't matter where you are in your life right now. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. It doesn't matter how, how dark your life may appear to you. It doesn't matter how many wrong choices you've made. Jesus says, I have come for you. I have come to bring you out of darkness into my glorious light. The question is, will you choose to trust him. So all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. When the light of God shines into my life, it brightens me up. It takes me out of that pit of despair. And it, the light that God gives fills my life with hope and joy and the future all that he has in store for me. See, when you allow Christ to fill your life with his spirit, it brings out the best in you. Darkness is dispelled. And the best that God has you to be is brought to the light. Why? Because you're able to clean out all of the junk. Have you ever noticed in your house, and maybe it's just our house, and my wife's not here. She's sitting up for the picnic, so hopefully she won't watch the Facebook feed. Um, <laughs> but have you ever noticed that when you kick the lights on in the house, dust appears? 
We've got a little ledge, and those in our life group do not look at this and point this out. <laughs> There's this ledge that kind of separates the living room from the kitchen. It's up high. But the other day, we turned the lights on, and we're like, what is that? And there's a colony growing and building. I think it's the people from Whoville. You can't see it when the lights are off, but you turn that light on and suddenly it reveals those things. So what do I need to do? I need to get up there and I need to clean off that ledge so that it can once again be as beautiful as it was created to be. You gotta trust the light. You gotta step out of the darkness. Today you may feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're going through one of those dark days disappointment, distress, doubt, depression, you name it, whatever it is. I've got good news for you. You don't have to remain in the dark any longer. Because Jesus said this, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me. Now let me geek out for you just for a moment here. Take a look very closely at what he's saying here. The word is whoever. Now, how many of you remember English class of high school or even college or maybe elementary? I don't know. Um, how many of you remember English class? This word, whoever, uh, it's a form of the verb that is used in forming a continuous tense. We know that as this, a present participle. Anybody remember a present participle? All I got was giggles. I will not confess deny, deny, accept, or anything that I know or do not know that. Yes. It's a present participle, which simply means that it's a, a continuous process, continuous tense. It's going over and over. Now, let me dig a little deeper. It, it simply means to me that the relationship that we have with Jesus this walking around in the light, this receiving the light, this processing the light. This is a continuous thing that we are called to do, a daily process, not a one-time occasion. Whoever follows me one step at a time. Where he leads, we follow. On Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day of our life, 365 days a year. It's a continual process of connecting to the light. Have you ever had one of those mornings when it feels like your light bulb is burnt out? Plug in a new light. Let, let Jesus be that light. Let him restore inside of you. You may have a Monday morning. You're like, click, click, nobody's home. <laughs> let Jesus restore that light. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I don't really understand light. I don't understand how it works. I can't really comprehend 
electricity. But I know this. If I walk in a dark room and I, I flip the switch up, the light comes on. If I flip the switch down, the light goes off. Kids understand this. From the earliest age, they do everything they can to, to reach up and grab that light switch. I'm getting more response out of that than I did anything else this morning. Some of your parents are like, come on, preach! I mean, they're on their tippy toes. They're trying to hit that light switch. They're doing everything they can. Even back here in the back of the room, we had to put guards over the light switches because some people just love to flip switches. We don't understand how it works, but we know that if we flip a switch, a change happens. So why is it that when we're walking around in darkness in life, we fail to flip on that spiritual light switch and let God so shine? Why is it that when we're in the midst of the struggles and the hurts, rather than turning to the light, rather than trusting in the light, for some reason or another, we embrace the darkness. Sometimes even, even with sadness, oh, I just don't like this darkness I'm going through. Hey, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I'll hang out here forever. Oh, look at what I'm going through. Jesus said, I've come to be the light, and whoever, if you'll just turn on the switch, if you'll just turn on the lights, Jesus says, I'll be there. Let me give you a couple mandates as we wrap this thing up this morning. Number one is this, let God be your source. Let God be your source. First John chapter 1 says this, God is light and there's no darkness in him. If you're going through darkness, it's not God. If you're hanging out in darkness, God's not there. You need to step out of the darkness where God is. God is light. And there's no darkness in him at all. I can't tell you how many times I have people come up to me and, and they'll say things like, Pastor, I, I'm just in the midst of darkness right now. Let me speak to that for just a moment. There are times in life, I understand there are difficulties in life. There are pressures in life. There are struggles in life. I understand that. But that does not negate the fact that God wants to be the light in the midst of your darkness. Let me say that again. No matter how dark the darkness is around you, it does not change the fact that God wants to be the light in the midst of your darkness. Jesus made the statement, I am, not I could be, 
or I was created to be, because he wasn't created, he's always existed, but I am the light. God wants to be the light in the midst of your darkness. Take a look at our text again this morning. I want to show you something very vital. Uh, It says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want to share something with you. I want to point something out that I think oftentimes we overlook. We're really quick to jump to the fact that Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. We're quick to jump to the fact that he says, whoever follows. We're quick to jump to the fact that he'll give us light. But here's what I want you to see. How does it start? Again. Again. You know what that shows me? He had to say this before. God is the God of second and third and fourth, and fifth, and sixth, some of you are still waiting for your number, and seventh, (laughs) and eighth. God is the God of an again for you. He's saying to you today, I want to be your lights. In the context of the scripture this morning, um, Jesus is speaking to a woman that has just been caught and realistically set up in the act of adultery. But he's also talking to some religious, legalistic folks. And he says, again, he said to them, I'm the light of the world. Whoever will follow me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Likewise, I believe that he is speaking to you and and to me today. He says, it's time to come out of the dark. It's time to step into the light. But here's the problem. Some of us have become so accustomed to the dark that we're not even realizing or even aware that that's where we're hanging out. Some of us have become so accustomed to the darkness of life. Well, I'm doing all right, Pastor. I'm getting along. We've learned how to walk with the blinders on. We've learned how to feel our way through life. Not fearing the stairs that are right here or wherever I'm pointing. All right, I'm right. I was really close. Not fearing the stairs or the ledge or the chair or the table or anything else. We're doing all right. We've become so accustomed to the dark. I I hear you right now. Oh, yeah, Pastor, preach to them right now. Preach to them. Look what the Bible says. If the light you think you have is actually darkness... How deep that darkness is. Jesus is speaking into you today. He's saying, come out of the dark. 
I am the light. See, our first mandate is let God be the source of light. The second is this. Don't hide the light that's in you. Those of you that have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's time for you to, to so let the light shine. How many of you remember Sunday school as a kid, or maybe it was kid church, and you sang a song that went something like this, hide it under a bushel. That was a great moment to scream in church. Come on. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Those are tough words, aren't they? So why is it that we can sing that time and time and time again as a kid? But as an adult, we do this. The words weren't difficult. It's not the fact that we, we couldn't understand what it meant. It was the fact that for some reason or another, we choose to hide it under a bushel. To, to hide that light. Ephesians 5 says this, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. You once were in darkness. You once hung out in despair. You once had blinders on. You once rejected and you didn't receive that light. But now that the light of Jesus Christ has penetrated the very core of your existence, live your life as people of the lights. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you now possess that light. You are people of lights. It's time to let the light shine. In our text, it said again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world, whoever. I'm the light of the world, whoever follows. I find it interesting that in the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the word world is only used 15 times. But in the Gospel of John, it's used 77 times. 15 times in the first three Gospels, but in one Gospel, it's used 77 times. There's a reason for that. For God so loved the world. Jesus came to be the light of the world. And here I love the phrase, whoever, anyone can come to him. Jesus died for anyone. John 12, 46, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all, everyone who put their trust in me will no longer remain in dark. Church, it's time for the people of the light. It's time for those that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior to so let that light shine. 
Because Jesus is the light, and now he possesses you with the light. He reigns inside of you. It's our responsibility to let that light shine to a dark world. So let me back up for a moment. How do we receive the lights? You're here today, and you're watching online, and you're saying, and I'm in darkness right now. I'm sad to tell you, you don't receive the light by osmosis. You don't receive the light by close proximity. You don't receive the light just by hanging out. Just like I'm not a car because I hang out in the garage. I'm not a Big Mac because I hang out at McDonald's. You receive the light by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that yet in your life, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for you to reach out and turn on that light switch. Today is the day for you to stop walking around in darkness. Today is the day for you to stop justifying your behavior. Today is the day for you to remove the blinders and move toward the lights. Today is your day of hope and restoration. Today is a day that God has ordained and set in motion just for you. Today is your day. Maybe you're here and you've had that light for a long time. But you're putting that bushel basket over your head and you're thinking you're looking really good. Look at my basket. But the light isn't shining through. And God says, would you let me use you? Would you be a vessel in which I can shine through? Those that have received Jesus... Bible says, now live as people of the lights. That means you may have some junk you need to clean up in your life. That light's coming in, it's revealing the junk, and you've been, you've been hiding it, you've been storing it in the back, you've been putting it in the closet, you've been keeping it away, from, but it's time, now is the time to clean up that junk so that your light can really shine. where you are in relationship to this light Jesus wants to shine so much brighter 